the other side of 300 now it's 301 a brave new world for fly purpley no it's the same old shit and a different day but we like the same old shit <laughs> here we are and we're, we're just killing time right now between the nfc championship game and the super bowl i mean the flyers are back i don't know if we're happy about that but they're they're certainly back and kevin hayes enjoyed his time at the all-star game but before we get into talking about this miserable goddamn hockey team that drives us insane, we gotta give a shout out to one listener who sent us an incredible video earlier today. Roger KOTF on Twitter put a fly purpley sticker on a guy Fietti in a flavor town. He took us to Flavor Town. He took our friend to Flavor Town. Shout out to Roger. Oh wow. Amazing, amazing work. It also appears he put a sticker on a seat at inside Bridgestone Arena where the Predators play hockey. Fantastic. So there is a Flyperbole sticker on a seat near the glass inside the Predators Arena, which I love so much. <laughs> so this is at least two arenas now that we've yeah. had stickers up in because I definitely know that our friend bagel dog has put one up in the Wells Fargo center before. So the Wells Fargo center and the Bridgestone arena now have had our friend visit them. And I love it. I absolutely love it. So yeah, the, thank you for bringing the donkey sauce to fly purpley here, Roger. We truly appreciate it. I have a couple of, um, fly purpley stickers that I need to do something with. And whenever I walk through Richmond, downtown Richmond, I see people, you know, there, there's like little stoplights and poles and in traffic lights with like stickers all over them. I just need to smack one of those, one of those babies on there and just let fly purpley wrap in Richmond. Do it, dude. Absolutely. I love putting them up. I, I don't do it enough, but I've definitely slapped a couple up in a fish town before. Oh, hell yeah. That's the perfect place for a Fly Purpley sticker, too. Oh, for sure. For sure. We got to spread the word and the glory of our friend the rat wherever we can. We, yeah. <laughs> we have to spread the, uh, spread the, what is it? What is the, the religious folk? What do they say? Spread the word of God, but we're going to spread the word. Yeah. The word of wow. Our friend the rat. Wow. The word of wow. But. Wow. <laughs> Sadly, we do have to turn to talk about the Flyers because we can't, you know, despite the fact that you and I might have talked Eagles for, I don't know, five minutes before even recording today, I think we've talked enough Eagles on this podcast last week to last a couple weeks for our hockey listeners. Now, if anybody would like to hear more Eagles talk from us, maybe we can arrange something for before the Super Bowl and there's going to be plenty after the Super Bowl. But, you know, hey, if anybody wants to hear more, please let us know. We're happy to talk birds all day, every day, go birds. And on a quick Eagles note, not to get too much into it, I was very disappointed to learn that noted Kansas City Chiefs bar, Big Charlie's, will not be open for the Super Bowl. They're actually closing. Oh, wow. They said something about not being able to fit in everybody that they wanted to for the event. I hope it wasn't something like they're scared of like that. I, I, I'm not, you know, saying That's the guys from thinking, big Charlie's yeah. would be scared because you know, 
They're guys. They've been in South Philly for a while. I'm sure they're tough guys. But I, I, I don't know if the police were worried that there might be like people getting rowdy or whatever. And I, you know, that's not the impression we want here. We want that friendly rivalry. But also, who knows what's going to go on if the Eagles win or lose that game? Typically, when we lose a championship in Philadelphia, we're pretty mad. But then we sulk. We're mad for a yeah. few minutes, but then we sulk. We're not really like, we're not really like those series of Cowboys fans that just were destroying their TVs. Not to say that Philly fans haven't destroyed TVs. <laughs> I'm sure plenty of people have, but I saw a lot of videos of Dallas Cowboys fans destroying TVs after they lost to the 49ers. And that was funny as shit. <laughs> we're not like Vancouver Canucks fans when they lose the Stanley Cup. No, we, we tend to be more of a happy destructive than a sad destructive yeah yeah very yeah that's so true we're like yeah when we're happy we just break shit and when we're upset we just keep to ourselves and be sad just kind of don't get me wrong we're loud about it we're we're angry but like we don't get destructive angry no we're we're destructive happy where the you know people are going to be breaking uh bus stops what is the bus shelters right the people that fell through the goddamn bus shelter so funny uh i hope they're okay but (laughs) don't sit on top of bus shelters kids all right this is just a friendly advice right here don't sit on top of bus shelters i know it seems like a cool thing to do but it's it's not okay steve i gotta ask you this is not on the sheet but i feel like this is something that needs to be talked about i have you seen this trend of people wearing gigantic hats i have i have indeed well, now gigantic shoes are entering the picture. Literally fucking clown shoes. This is what we're talking about. These are literally fucking clown shoes. Can you send me a, a, an example of what you're looking at? Because I... Yes. I have not seen this trend. I've seen the giant hats because it was what the guy from the Commanders was wearing a giant hat after the game. And yeah. somebody said... His friend apparently f- owns a company. Yes, exactly. His friend like a owns giant hat a giant hat company, which has to be one of the most useless ideas I've heard for business ever. And, okay, here we go. This is from NBA on TNT. And, yep, those look like Super Mario shoes. <laughs> Dude, I don't know. For So, I'm not a huge NBA. Like, I don't know every NBA player. His SGA. I'm not sure who that is. I, but... uh, yeah, I'm, I'm going to be here and I'm not sure. But all the, uh, the replies here are basically what I've already said. SGA's got the Ronald McDonald 11s. If Mario had the Red Johns. <laughs> uh, Shy Gilgis Alexander. Oh, okay. Okay. He's on the Thunder. Yes. There you go. Yeah. He's about to get, get it, about to get murked by LeBron. If he breaks the record. Yes. So somebody posted a picture of, of Pac-Man. If you've ever seen Pac-Man with legs, which always freaks me out by the way, cause I don't think Pac-Man yeah. should have legs. I don't approve of that, but no, he's got no. big red shoes on. So that basically the shoes right there. And <laughs> Oh my god! Ridiculous! Yeah, come on! Fashion cannot be going. It's not to sound like too much of an old man, but there's points of ridiculousness that even I can't abide. I kind of like it. I kind of want it to keep going. Yeah, I want there to be like, I want there to, I want someone to come in with like, I don't know. There's giant, giant shoes. There's giant hats. Why don't we I just wear giant inflatable like, suits everywhere? Yeah, like I need to. <laughs> Someone to come in with giant gloves. Like, I want someone to walk in with Hulk hands, like, unironically. I was just thinking of... <laughs> I was just thinking of on Always Sunny, Charlie Kelly's uncle, his creepy uncle, 
has this obsession with his hands being small. And at one point in court, he's wearing just oversized, gigantic hands. And he's like, look how giant and manly my hands are. And this is what this is reminding me of. Oh, boy. Yeah. Yeah. I I feel like, I don't know. I just, I love this whole thing. And the, the giant hats are hilarious, but I feel like the giant shoes, this needs to, this needs to catch on. If I went to a game and somebody sat in front of me with a giant hat, I think we'd have to fight. Oh, well, yeah. If it's impeding my view, then get the fuck out of here. What's the occasion to wear a giant hat? <laughs> you never a know what you need, Steve. <laughs> funeral? You know, I have you my giant know. black Definitely hat on. Uh, you know, my condolences. Do you enjoy my giant I would, hat? I would have worn that to my granddad's funeral. My whole, the rest of my family would have been angry with me telling me to take it off, but I would have kept it on. I would have persevered, kept it on. We're now reaching the point where people actually are turd Ferguson with their oversized gallon hat and saying it's a funny hat. Oh my God. It's a funny hat. Get it? <laughs> it's a funny hat. Still my, Good stuff. One, one of the greatest pictures I've ever taken was behind <laughs> the, the Jeopardy podium saying turd Ferguson. Turd Ferguson. Yeah. I don't know. I, uh, all I know is like maybe, I don't know what, giant earrings, giant earmuffs could be next. I don't know. I'm not sure what's going on. I'm out. Next, I'm out on all of this. No, that's a hard, I'm excited for it's this. It's a hard pass for me. Big, big time in fashion history right now we're living in. All I know is this, this trend will get to the flyers about three years from now. Oh yeah. Oh God. You, and that's, what's going to happen. Like within the next three years, like, you know how they have like that, that, uh, um, that like jacket that they give like the player of the game in the locker room. Yeah. Like in a couple of years, it's going to be a giant hat. Right. But it's going to be well after the trend has passed. Right. Because that's how number one, it's the Canadian influence, right? Like the, the trends don't get to Canada until much later. Yeah. <laughs> well, it's like the, when the flyers went out a couple of years ago, right. And everybody was talking about their drip and everything. And then you had Cam Atkinson and Claude Giroux was basically the team dads going, what am I doing here? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> God, the drip night was a night of infamy. Back back when the Flyers were like, they had a little, well. I feel like that's the last time I had fun with the Flyers. A, there was a little bit of hope involved there, but. I, I feel like that was the last time they were actually fun because I have not been enjoying yeah. the ride ever since. It's not been great, no. It's been a tough, <laughs> tough sledding for the Fly guys. 65 injuries later. And two deaths with... Coots and Atkinson both pretty much done. The three and, if and, you uh, include Ryan Ellis. Yeah, and then Ryan Ellis. I almost forgot about Ryan Ellis. R.I.P.D.'s all around. R.I.P.D. boys. <sighs> R.I.P.D. R.I.P.D. indeed. Have you ever noticed how like whenever they have like a uh, like a mic'd up player or like during the like they they'll have like the coach mic'd up or something and whenever they the coach does like a locker room speech they like show the speech in like the mic'd up video. And then at the end of the speech, the coach claps and there's always one guy who's like, all right, boys, <laughs> all right, boys, <laughs> somewhere in the background. All right, boys. Oh yeah. A hundred percent. It really right, is. It is almost exactly like letter Kenny in ways that are almost disturbing. It's so Canadian. It's the most Canadian. I actually, I love when they do the, when the guy will do like the, he'll announce the starting lineup. And he's like, all right, boys, 
Who we got? We got, and then I'll have like the obscure nicknames. Like, we got Butter over here. Butter's going first. All right. All right. We got the man from Manitoba. He's going in net. We got Beezer. Young Beezer on the wing. Yeah. And we got old Beezer. He's been canceled, but we don't talk about him anymore. Yeah, we don't talk about him anymore. Old yeah, Beezer is nowhere to be found. <laughs> what was the nickname? And forgive me. I'm going to pick up my phone so nobody has to hear me scrolling through my phone on the microphone here but there was a nickname we were talking about a signing earlier today in the slack and i'm trying to go up and find it who, who signed? it was dylan cousins right yes dylan cousins dylan cousins signed a long-term extension with the buffalo sabres and yes okay when you Google Dylan Cousins, his Wikipedia entry is the first thing that comes up. And it says Dylan Cousins, nicknamed the Workhorse from Whitehorse. I've never heard that. That is a mouthful of a nickname right there. Never heard that before. I don't think, that's, from his U- I don't think that's his actual nickname. He's from Yukon, though, which is kind of cool. I bet they call him Cozy. <laughs> I would love that. I think they should call him Cozy. They should. I think that's a very endearing name. Every time you poke him in the belly, he goes, hoo-hoo. <laughs> it's his greatest flaw as a hockey player. His best attribute is his ability to snuggle. It's true. There's no denying that. Great at snuggling. Great at snuggling. Just an A-plus snuggler. C- that's cuddling, on, snuggling. That's on his scouting report. Yeah. Yeah. But all of this leads us to the point where, you know, just the Flyers' lousiness and the discontent of the fans and all of that. After another just abysmal, abysmal to watch hockey game earlier this week on on Monday night. Just that that Islanders game, I kind of half paid attention. But Quiggs, I saw you talk about it in the Slack and you were saying it was pretty brutal to watch, right? Every Islanders-Flyers game is just horrible. And like last night was the pinnacle of what makes them so bad. It was just like... The Flyers were, they came out completely flat in the first period. The second period, they were a little bit better, but then the third period, both teams were just like, yeah, it's time to go home. <laughs> I don't think no there's one gave ever a fuck in the third period. actually been a good Islanders Flyers game, like an entertaining one. I don't think there's ever. I will one. say the, the bubble series was kind of fun. It was I not. It. I, I hated that. I didn't like that. Series. I liked it. No. The, the game where Provorov back when he was a not bad person. Scored the overtime winner. That was pretty cool. Well, he just wasn't a publicly bad person. Well, that's true. <laughs> I feel like he was young and had hope back then. Uh, that's certainly possible. Like he, he had Matt Niskanen, which made us just not even question anything because he played yeah, really Hall of well Fame with defenseman. Niskanen. Hall of Fame defenseman Matt Niskanen. What if? What if Matt Niskanen? What if he's the one? What if Matt Niskanen had just been around to slap Prover off in the head and said, get out there, dum-dum. But sadly, he was not. Sadly, he was not. And now it's come to the point where John Tortorella has to be writing open letters to the season ticket holders. You love to see it. You love to see I it. I frankly love to see it. It's time for a dramatically reading of John Tortorella's letter to the valued Inside Edge members. So this is... Buckle up, folks. This is going to be a good time right here. To our valued Inside Edge members... At the beginning of the season, we set out to build a foundation for the future and a standard for how we're going to play night in and night out. Now that we're halfway through the season, I want to share with you what I've seen from our guys. I've been very pleased with our team's effort, drive, and hunger to compete. This sounds like a letter from 
<laughs> like, you know, like a, a documentary on PBS where it's about like the civil war. <laughs> yes, it does. Like a letter home to the wife. Yes. Like, uh, we, we are stuck in the blizzard and, uh, the kids aren't going to make it, honey. <laughs> to the Union forces. With love, John Edward III. Ah, <laughs> oh, torts, torts, torts. Perhaps more importantly, and I hope you've noticed this too, I love the way this team has consistently responded to the challenges we faced, both as individuals and as a group. Throughout the locker room, our players are showing a full commitment to getting it right. We also have some kids here who have impressed me. Some of them have taken on heavy minutes and big responsibilities, and they're growing into the impact players we need them to be. This development of our young players is absolutely crucial for our future. Oh, I'm just tearing up here, Tortsy. Tearing up. This season, I've challenged the veterans on the team, and I've been very happy with their response. Beyond the stats, they've shown a willingness to adapt, compete, and lead our group both on and off the ice. I don't know about that off the ice there, torts. I was about to say, yeah, that sounds questionable. It's a little questionable, yeah. Now, I'm not going to lie to you, and I want to be clear about this. We're not there yet. This year, I love that he put the M dash there. He really did. <laughs> he put the M dash. Like, I am a big fan of the M dash. Torts, you and I, we have a similar understanding here. Can we get this like State of the Union style where we have a room of Flyers fans and then like... I don't yeah, know. He just like steps up to the podium. Yeah. And then you have one figure that fully supports him. Let's say Chuck Fletcher behind and one figure who absolutely like is not on board with the organization. And yeah, <laughs> it just turns into a whole production. I'm here for that. I love how like dramatic the whole state of the union thing. Like he comes down, he comes from out of nowhere from down the hall, walks up to the thing. It's amazing. Says what he's going to say. Then he turns around and walks down the hall dramatically again. It's, yeah, you know, it. it is a tried and true procedure at this and production at this point now i'm not gonna lie to you and i want to be clear about this we're not there yet this year was the first step in building the future of the flyers and restoring our reputation as one of the most respected teams in hockey sure jan we're in the thick of the season right now and we're gonna see how our group responds to the challenges that lay ahead with a grueling schedule it's a grind but all of that is extremely important to see what we have and what we need to move forward. That excites me, because I can promise you this. The answers to those questions will come. You and I will find out together, and we'll be an even tougher team for having gone through it. That's because we're in the midst of establishing an identity. Not just any identity, but an identity that reflects the city of Philadelphia and the proud history of the Flyers organization. And this is in bold at the end here. And that means it's super important, guys. We need you with us. We're going to get this right. We're going to make you proud. And together, we're going to remind everyone what this team is all about. And together, we are going to get knocked out in the second round of the playoffs. Woo! The second round? <laughs> if we're being optimistic. No we're being way. Optimistic. No way. They'll be lucky to make it and lose in the first. Oh, not this year. Oh, I'm not saying this year. Oh, yeah. I'm saying when they like eventually hit their peak. That's been the greatest accomplishment of the last 10 years is losing in the second round of the playoffs. I know. I know. Twice. It sucks. Twice. Makes well, me want to throw up, Steve. <laughs> I think I'm going to throw up. I want to projectile vomit just thinking about it. Oh, my God. What makes this whole note interesting is, and this is what a lot of people have kind of 
commented on is the fact why why is it not Chuck Fletcher sending this out? He's the guy that builds the team. Why is it John Tortorella? And to me, I think this all goes back. And I, I've said this a few times now, I think. When the whole aggressive retool thing happened, when Chuck Fletcher said we're going to aggressively retool, he never said exactly how he were, they were, the Flyers were going to aggressively retool. He just said that there was going to be a retool. And everyone assumed that that meant they were going to go get Johnny Goudreau or they were going to get some big name player in free agency or make a big trade or something like that. I feel like the addition of John Tortorella is the aggressive retool, quote unquote, that Chuck Fletcher was thinking of. I think part of like a large, large chunk of the aggressive retool was him being hired. And I think, I think they're really just having Chuck be the image of the flyers right now. Like he's the only one on this entire squad that like everyone unanimously in NHL circles knows like, yes, John Tortorella, he's the flyers coach. Like, the roster right now is missing that star guy, but they have a star guy behind the bench. So it makes me wonder, like, you know, how much how much the hiring of John Tortorella went into the aggressive retool. And that's why Torts is saying this instead of Chuck. Or maybe this could also be an indication that they know that uh, they know that Torts is going to be here next season and uh, Chuck isn't. Maybe that's why they <laughs> I went wish. ahead. Oh, what a world yeah, that would may- be. Maybe that's why they went ahead and had Torts do this. But like, either way, uh, Torts saying this to the fans, I think, just evokes a much more positive response than if Chuck were to send this to the fans. Because if Chuck sent this to the fans, it would be, I mean, people would be getting out their pitchforks and picket signs and uh, going to the skate zone and chanting ch- fire Chuck again like they did over the summer. I wish I honestly if I cared enough, I would assemble a group to do that, but I I simply don't care enough at this point. I, I really don't. They have killed my love of Philadelphia Flyers hockey and it's it's just depressing. It's absolutely depressing. But I, there's I I don't know why Chuck doesn't do something like this, but I think part of it is like if Chuck told me the sky was blue, I'd probably argue with him at this point because I don't trust a word that man says. I think he's just full of shit. I, I don't trust Chuck at all. I, I think Torts is a little full of shit too, but he's a lot more honest, you know? <laughs> like, he's just a little bit full of shit. <laughs> I, I truly believe, actually, that Tortorella thinks they are building towards something. And they could be, for all I know. But coaching can only do so much. We saw this with John Tortorella in Columbus, right? He did the best he could with that group. And that group stunk. They just didn't have that much talent. So the best they could do is. But at least they went to the playoffs. Sure. At least they went to the playoffs. But I don't want to go to the playoffs this year, Quiggs. This is the year I didn't want to go to the playoffs. I I wanted to do as bad as possible. And instead, they're like, let's bump up a little bit. Let's get kind of close. Right. But we're fans, and they are hockey men. And hockey men, at all costs, want to go to the playoffs. Now. I will say this. The Flyers, like, even if they continue to overperform, like, they're not a good team. But if they keep racking up wins here and there, um, even if they do continue on that path, I don't think they're making the playoffs this year. Yeah, I really don't. They're going to get out of the lottery. They're going to just get high enough to not make the playoffs but not make the lottery. Right, which is miserable. Yeah. <sighs> That's a miserable thing. But I'll say this. 
there has been tangible improvements or there have been tangible improvements with this flyer team flyers team this year under torts like we criticized the flyers so much of the last several years of like when something bad it just continues to get worse and then that's what leads to these like seven to nothing losses to the new york rangers at least this flyers team under torts has fight and the players have fight in them and they have they have that they have a motor in them and they I don't know. It just feels like they have a lot more heart now, oh, which goody. granted heart, heart doesn't matter. Wins matter, but it's good to see the flyers, not just giving up and rolling over and crying uncle when things are going poorly. Um, that's something that has not really been part of this flyers team in recently in recent years. And this year it's, a, it's a welcome change to see that. And it's hard to imagine that like any other coach would get this out of them. Torts is known for, getting his guys to buy in. And right now, from what I can tell, it seems like they've all pretty much bought in. Woohoo. And that's a positive step. That's a positive step. Like even if they're not going to make the playoffs this year, I would, I would like to have a team that's bought in. And when you have a team that's bought in, you can build on that by bringing in some skilled players in the off season. Will Chuck Fletcher do that? Who the fuck knows? But how much is that to build on? Like, I, I don't know. Like, I don't, I like certain pieces of this team. We've been over this. Like, I like Travis Konechny. I, yeah, I yeah. like Noah Cates just fine. You know? Konechny's the star player, and he should never be the star player, the one star player on a team. That means that if he's your top player, you have a bad team. And that's not a slight to Travis Konechny. I think he's awesome, but he's not that guy. Like, who are but, your building blocks on defense? You've got Travis Sanheim and Cam York and uh, two harp two guys of morals that i'd rather not discuss further and of course risto yeah but again like right now it's not an optimal situation for the flyers but i do feel like john tortorella is getting the most of what he can from this current group of dudes and this current group of dudes from what this letter is reading it's not going to be the same group that comes back next season i can guarantee you that they would not send out this letter if some significant changes weren't coming. I don't know about that. I mean, they didn't even talk to the PR side of the house when one of their players was planning to protest Pride Night. Like, I don't think the communication internally with the Philadelphia Flyers organization is very good these days. I mean, yeah, but like, this is something that like Flyers PR sent to the fans. Yeah. And they got Tortorella to write the letter. I, I don't know. So I just, I, I don't, I don't, I don't think everybody's on the same page. I, I don't think everybody's on board, but I, I, I don't I think was... so either. And I, I don't think like, I feel like there is, I don't know anything. This is literally me spitballing, but one would have to assume, especially based off of the things that John Tortorella has done with the lineup with Risto and Tony D'Angelo and get, making them healthy scratches. Um, one would have to believe that there is possibly a disconnect between him and Chuck Fletcher as well. So like, yeah, you're probably right. There might be a disconnect. Um, but I just don't see them sending out a letter like this and there not being some sort of wholesale changes coming. Maybe not wholesale, maybe not like, you know, a complete remodel of the team, but, or retool, dare I say. Ugh. But maybe this is the start of big changes. Who knows? <laughs> Who knows what those big changes will be, uh, but like this seems to me like something you, the fly like to me this seems like the Flyers are saying, like, we hear you. You sweet of. summer child. You think the Flyers are gonna change. That's fun. 
I don't know if they have a choice. What choice do they have? They, do they, they have continue? a choice to keep being the same middling franchise they've been for a decade plus at this point. Like, I, I, I don't know, man. Like, they, I, I am just completely but dead. if they do that they're going to continue losing the fan base yes they've lost so much of the fan base and they know that yes like, they've I don't done think they're nothing that to get stupid. the fan base back they don't like this is the best they can do is a letter yeah but like they've got fight but nobody cares like did you see right. the attendance that islanders came it was pitiful yeah it was terrible it was terrible but that's the thing like i they're i think now they're this season they're realizing like oh fuck this is bad it's a year like, too late it is, it is too late, but at least it's better late than never. They have to do something, and I feel like this is kind of the start of them doing something. Oh, they got to do so much. A letter ain't doing it for me. It ain't doing I don't have any faith in them moving forward, man. Like, I, I like Charlie was just going on the other day. The other day, Charlie on Twitter was just talking about just, like, how the Flyers missed out on that slam dunk of Gaudreau. And it, it yeah. was just such a, like, again. This isn't a Baffling. team ready to compete. Neither is Columbus. And you see where Columbus is with Gaudreau. But yeah. it was such a slam dunk for them as far as getting people in the building, getting people excited, right? Like, it would have put asses in seats. It would have made people excited. It would have sold jerseys like crazy. And the fact that... I don't understand what planet Chuck Fletcher is on. And actually, amazingly... I just got a copy of Chuck Fletcher's letter that he tr- intended on sending out, but Flyers PR actually stopped. Amazing. Amazing find right here, okay? And uh, thank you to my source. He cannot be named, but he has a squeaky belly button. That's all I'll say on that front. But This is a very real letter. Very real. Totally, to- definitely not fake at all. Yeah, but Chuck Fletcher has a letter. I'm going to read it now, okay? And just brace yourself because it is, you know, it's an interesting one here. So, all right. Listen up, dum-dums. I know you all thought that we should rebuild. I know you all thought that we should tank. Well, none of that is happening. So suck it. Uncle Fletch knows best. And what's best is size. (laughs) Uncle Fletch. What we need is O. No, not offense. D-Lo. Risto. D'Angelo. This is how you win hockey games. Not through imaginary statistical advantages. This team's gonna give you false hope. Bring your right to the brink of caring about Philadelphia Flyers hockey again before crap in the bed and either just missing the playoffs or getting absolutely smoked in the first round by the Boston Bruins. And what will I, the magnificent Chuck Fletcher, a.k.a. Chucky Two Trades, a.k.a. the Conquistador, be doing during all of this? Smoking Macanudos and drinking 30-year-old scotch while figuring out the best way to add Sergei Bobrovsky, Patrick Kane, and Ryan Reeves to the roster. That would be... Honestly, I would love to see that just for the chaos that would ensue. It would be chaos. If they actually, if they actually got Bob, Kane, and Reeves, that would be bring him home. <laughs> bring him home. Bring him home. Bring him home, Chuck. I, I mean, harsh words from Chuck here, but it, it sounds very honest and frank, and I appreciate that. I wish they had let him send this out, but he actually had drawn this up on old-fashioned stationery and tried to send it out via wire and. The man at Western Union had no idea what he was talking about. Oh, Chuck. Listen, he's an old-fashioned guy. Oh, Uncle Chuck. Uncle Chuck, a.k.a. Uncle Fletch. Uncle Fletch, a.k.a. Chucky Two Traits, a.k.a. The Conquistador, which is a bold nickname to give himself because he's conquered nothing. But, hey, you know, you do you, my friend. Yeah. (laughs) Sad. 
What sad. a beautiful net letter. It is beautiful. Uh, the whole thing, I mean, I, I I just can't help but feel negative about this franchise. I really can't help. I can't feel positive. I really am at a loss for how to even continue being a Flyers fan moving forward. That's how bad this is right now. Uh, and don't get me wrong. Like, I, I understand. Like, I get like, I don't have many positive feelings for this team right now either. Like... I don't think this team will be a contender, a true, actual, legit contender for at least several years. I mean, at bare minimum, several years. It's become a dumpster fire. They're, I think, one of the laughing stocks of the NHL. I, right now, I feel like the Flyers and the Canucks are like two of the most just hilariously mismanaged teams in the NHL. Oh, for sure. Absolutely. I, the Flyers and the Canucks are definitely down there. And the funny thing is Chicago is easily one of the worst teams in the league. They've had scandals, horribly mismanaged team, but because they are tanking and they are at the, like, it seems like they're at the bottom of the standings for a reason. And they have two really big pieces to trade at the deadline. They're not the laughing stock that the Flyers and the Canucks are. Yeah, at, like, at least for Chicago, they know, like, oh, like, it's the end of the road for this core. It's time to do something new. Let's rebuild. Like, they are not afraid to admit. Uh, I don't know if they've publicly come out and said, yeah, we're rebuilding. But, like, their actions show that that's exactly what they're doing. The Flyers have not come out and said we're rebuilding. And their actions, like, no one knows what the fuck their actions mean. So it's just kind of a guessing game of what the Flyers are actually intending to do here. And this is the first, to me, this letter from John Tortorella to the fans is the first thing that kind of indicates like, oh man, they're starting to think about the future now, which is an indicator of a quasi rebuild type thing happening, which is good, but still we need to see more. We need to see them do more things. If I had the GM come out, and tell me they were going to rebuild, I would feel a little better about it. I'd feel but great. The GM just seems like this delusional maniac. I, I, that's my problem. John Tortorella has no power over trades, over personnel outside of like his coaching. And if John Tortorella could make a JVR trade tomorrow, if John Tortorella could make a Provorov trade tomorrow, then I would believe these words meant something, but I, this means nothing to me. I, I and That's the thing. Like we want to see, it's like a put your money where your mouth is thing. Like we want to see it. We don't want to hear it. We want to see actual changes being made. Um, I, I don't know. I feel like this letter, even though it's, it's a whole lot of talk and no action, maybe this is, maybe this is them trying to say like, Hey, action will be coming. Like, we still have plenty of time before the trade deadline. We have three weeks. Like, a lot can happen between now and then. Yeah, enough to make Chuck Fletcher think that he should buy in. That's true. And that would be nothing short of a colossal disaster. I just, I don't have any faith in, like, any... Like, Tortorella, I think, has done as much as he can do with this team. Like, he he's doing all he can. But ultimately, it's not only Chuck Fletcher, but it's also... What we've talked about before, this old Flyers hierarchy, these this old boys club that has been in there forever and doesn't change anything. 
Okay, like, I know these guys care. I know these guys want the Flyers to be good. But they have made this team into the clusterfuck that it is now. What they think is good is not good in today's NHL. It was good in the 80s and 90s. I don't even feel like they put a good 80s and 90s team together. I I have no idea what this team is. I'm looking at a piece of art right now. Somebody has presented me with a piece of art. I have no idea what I'm looking at, okay? I don't know if it's supposed to be abstract. I don't know if it's supposed to be postmodernist. I I have no idea what this is. It kind of looks like a pile of shit to me, but I could be wrong. (laughs) Comparing this Flyers team to a piece of art sure is something. Your art is the worst art of all the art. <laughs> yeah. I'm frustrated, man. Like, I, I've i never felt this way as a Flyers fan in my life. And I've seen some shit. I have seen a lot of shit. And this is the most frustrated, <laughs> the most hopeless I've ever been. And you're not, a, like, a lot of people feel this way. Like, I, I feel like they are completely without a direction right now. Um, based off of their actions, that seems to be what's happening. But... The like the only way, like how much worse can it even really get here? That's like, the problem. This... I want it to be worse. Like it's yeah, it's this problem of like they they keep reaching for the stars and they just need to scrap it up and start over. And like I want it to get worse. I want them to realize that it needs to get worse before it gets better. And they're going to keep putting band-aids on it. You know, it's it, it's that meme, right? Where the guy gets the like uh, the tape. And he puts it on the big tank of water and like, that's all I need to patch this up. And that's what they keep doing. They just keep putting these pieces of tape on these holes that keep springing and they think that's enough. And (laughs) everyone likes to dunk on um, Fletcher and like the, the, you know, the front office and everything. And it's deserved because they've done a horrible job at their jobs. They're not good at their jobs, but. I don't think they're dumb either. I mean, they are, but I don't oh, think they're I, like... I, you I don't and I think disagree on that front. No, no, no. I, I, like, they're dumb, but I think they're dumb in a way that... I, I do not think they're so dumb that, like, if this continue, Let's pretend they don't make any changes. Let's pretend Fletcher comes back. They don't make any front office changes this year. Like, a couple more years from now, like, at some point, they're going to realize that this won't work. And something needs to change. And... At least with this letter, that's in, it's indicative that like they're starting to realize that like something has to change. Who knows when it's going to happen? Who knows how long it's going to take for the the fruits of those changes labor to happen? I don't know. But this seems to me like the Flyers are coming out publicly and saying like, yeah, we are we're not good. We're not where we want to be. Things are going to be happening. That's that's what I gather from this. As a wise which, man which once like. said, as a wise man once said, I'm getting too old for this shit. Yeah, I am. You are too. We all are. So why is the trade deadline so far away? <laughs> like, why are we like another great. month away? I wanted from- to be, I just wanted to get here now. Cause like, like we were talking about with, with like Fletcher, like I just, I'm like scared. I'm really, truly horrified of what could happen at the trade deadline with him making the moves. So it's just like, I want to get it over with. The NBA trade deadline, it's Thursday. The NBA season starts after the NHL season. How can this be? Good old Gary, baby. Friend of the show, Gary Bettman. Gary. Oh, Gary. 
God, I, I, I it's a good thing doing? I love watching the sport of hockey because the way the sport of hockey is run makes it almost impossible to like watching the sport of hockey. My favorite thing is like, I love how every sports league, like every fan of every sports league, everyone always hates the commissioner so much. And they all think their commissioner is the worst commissioner in sports. I think like, what are your objective commish rankings? Because it's tough because they all are pretty lousy. Like Adam Silver's got to be number one, right? I say Adam Silver number one for sure. Adam Silver with a, with a bullet, silver bullet over there. And then... Then I would put... I can't believe I'm saying this. I would put Goodell number two. It, it's got to be. He sucks. I He's terrible. Goodell. Everybody hates him, but like... Then I would put Batman. Then I would put... Um, Manfred? Manfred, yeah. Manfred, Man- Manfred. Manfred's just a clown. Manfred's pretty bad for sure. But Batman's like... It's hard to put Bettman above anything because Bettman is so, so bad at growing his game. And just, I feel like hockey just gets further and further into a hole of obscurity in North American sports Be under his watch. But I'll give Bettman this, though. He was like the first to Las Vegas. Like he was the he was, he the, was first. the first to Vegas. And that the whole Golden Knights story has been so fun ever since they showed up. Oh, Batman's two biggest successes, at least in recent history, have been the two expansion franchises. Vegas yeah. and Seattle have been resounding successes. They've been awesome to see. Uh, welcome additions to the league, for sure. And I'm, I'm yeah. very happy about them. But, man, like, this trade deadline being another month away. Like, we're at the halfway point of the season, right, where the All-Star break is. And we got another month until the trade deadline. This is bonker shit right here this is crazy and you're gonna have so many teams deluded into thinking they're competing by having these extra weeks and i'm not even complaining about just the flyers like i i really commend the vancouver canucks for going out there and selling that was just a a fantastic best move they've made all season easily yeah like they understood their situation and they were like all right fuck it we have to go we we have to start selling now we don't have much of a choice yeah and like who do, like I swear to God, like if the Flyers have a couple bad weeks here, they might do the exact same thing. I but I I don't know what they're gonna do. like. It was very encouraging to see them lose to the Islanders in such despondent fashion. But who knows what this team's gonna do? This team is a. I've given up betting on this team. Okay, like I I cannot predict. You should be betting against this team. No, I I can't. <laughs> well, I would be literally. Oh, you like, mean I'd be yeah, breaking yeah. even if I was betting yeah. against this team. Because you can't predict what this team's going to do on no, a given very night. Unpredictable. They're very unpredictable. It's unpredictable. I gotta tell you, it's it's <laughs> bad. It, I I don't know what the hell is going on with this team, but <sighs> I'm fried. I'm completely fried. I'm too. Trust me. Yikes! Oh man. I. Uh, you know what I really enjoyed earlier today was for the the throwback Thursday by uh, Meltzer on the Flyers site. They did the top 10 moments of the 2010s, which is very weird to think of the 2010s as a throwback, but I guess that's fair. We're in 2023. It's weird. I'm older than I'd like to be, but it's very funny because five of the top 10 moments of the 2010s all came within one year. And that was 2010. <laughs> of course. It was, number one, final day shootout propels Flyers into 2010 Stanley Cup final. Amazing moment. Absolutely. 
Two, Flyers put away Devils in Game 5 of the Eastern Conference quarterfinals. That was great. Very cathartic. Three, the ultimate comeback is completed. That was the Bruins series. I was there for Game 4. What an amazing, amazing memory. Four, Richards' late and secure trip to 2010 Cup Final. Mike Richards shift, baby. That's what it's all about. One of my favorite hockey moments ever. Five, Flyers not Cup Finals. When one of your top five moments of the decade is... Winning a game to tie <laughs> the team in the Stanley Cup Finals that you lost. Yeah. It's kind of bad. <laughs> yeah. Number six, Briere buries Buffalo 2011. So Briere won the overtime. He had that overtime goal against the Sabres. So that, great moment for sure. For sure. But, you know, we're getting a little desperate here. Giroux's most famous shift is how this was phrased here. Okay. Fair enough. But when Giroux knocked down Crosby and all that, it was great. Great moment for sure. And that was in 2012. Eight. Simmons scores two for Mr. Schneider. Uh, April 9th, 2016. Nine. Flyers alumni 50th anniversary. What the fuck? Yeah. Now, granted, I was there that night, and that was an awesome, awesome time. Like, as far as alumni games go, that was as good as it gets. We're getting the Penguins alumni, and they had uh, a line from each generation of Flyers hockey, or each decade of Flyers hockey. Very, very cool. But if an alumni game is one of your top 10 moments of the decade, you might have had a shitty decade. Yeah, it's not great. And then number 10 was Giroux Hattrick clinches playoff spot. How is, incredible, incredible moment. How but is like, like the rise of Ghost not included in here at all? I, I, I think they were just going for individual games that you can kind of point to. But I thing is, like, it really says a lot about the last decade last 13 years of Flyers hockey that most of the moments came in one season. Yeah. And just, it it just feels very, very hopeless at this point. So, I mean, hopefully we have some concrete trade rumors to talk about soon. I haven't really heard the Flyers mention much since the Provorov rumor came up a few weeks ago. And he really did a nice job of putting that to rest by, you know, just taking a big old dump on the ice like that dog did the one time. But Hey, that's a, that's our Ivan for you. Well, judging by the Rangers' decision to also just not do Pride Night, sounds like there might be uh, quite a few people who don't care what Ivan Provorov did. So maybe they will hey, be able to great. trade him. Wait, trade away. Trade away, Jonesy. Let's yeah. do it. But then I do know that it, it sounds like JVR is absolutely, like, I will be absolutely shocked if he's not traded at the deadline. Like, And I know um, Elliot Friedman keeps mentioning uh, – the Flames as a possible destination for JVR. So they need goal scoring after their off season. Yeah. That's a team. I just don't, man, they've had a rough year. The Flames. I, I don't like, know what's going on with the Flames. Yeah. Well, I think, you know, as much as I like Nazem Kadri, he's not quite the replacement for Gaudreau and a Kachuk. No. And and Huberto, you know, Huberto is way better with having uh, Barkoff in the lineup with him. I agree. Yeah. Yeah. But, you know, maybe they'll trade for JVR and then uh, he'll boost that team accordingly. Please trade for JVR. And I like James. I actually want James to get rescued from yeah, I this, do too. this island. <laughs> I want most of these guys to get rescued. Yeah. But we're stuck here. <laughs> stuck here in hell with us. Yeah. <laughs> Welcome, to <laughs> Welcome to hell. Welcome to hell. All right, I'm done talking about the Flyers for the day. Thank I, God. Let's 
Well, let's close it out. We want to talk about the most important thing of the week, and we're gearing up Go birds. for an Eagles Super Bowl. Go Birds! Go Birds! Gearing up, and I think most people, like, you know, lots of bars and restaurants are going to have specials for the game, and a lot of people are going to go out to those. But I think most people will be watching either at their home or a friend's home or something. And you might have heard on this program, we like talking about food. We like talking about game snacks. Let's talk about game day snacks here. And I want to do a little power ranking, talk about maybe some underrated snacks right here. So let's talk about your snack power rankings here for the Super Bowl, because it's an important part of the game experience. Of course it is. How can you, I mean, this is the prime time of the year. If you're like a, a snack aficionado, this is your time to shine. This is yours. The Super Bowl is your Super Bowl. It's exactly. Yes. If you like watching commercials and eating very unhealthy snacks, this is your time to shine. It really is. Yes. So the obvious first two to talk about here. Wings and pizza, right? These are the number two, one and two things you think about when you think about football, when you think about the game day experience right here. So wings and pizza, they're givens. But what's the rest of it? Huh? What's the rest of it? I got to say, you have something listed here that I wouldn't have thought of, but I agree. And that is should i should i do it now or should we should we go down go for it let's no no specific order pigs in a blanket always hits i love pigs Pigs in a blanket blanket. i think kelly mentioned that in the slack and pigs in a blanket always a satisfying snack right there one of my favorite hors d'oeuvres if you're at a party and a pigs in a blanket a pig in a blanket comes out you're like hell yeah yeah it reminds me of that episode of um uh curb your enthusiasm where like the girl's walking around with the pigs in a blanket and he's like, he keeps trying to get to her all night, but she thinks he's creeping on her. <laughs> and so she like confronts him about how much of a creep he is. And he's just like, I just want the pigs in a blanket. I just want the pigs in a blanket. Oh, I, I can relate to Larry there. Absolutely. I can too. We, we went to a wedding one time where they didn't serve a meal. They didn't have a dinner at this wedding and they Dumb. only had hors d'oeuvres all night. So, at the beginning of the night, M in all of her glory slipped one of the the waiters a ten to come to us first with everything that came out. So what came out? I forget exactly what came out, but like I remember Pigs in a Blanket was one of them. But like everything that came out, we were the first ones he hit up and we we got to taste everything. So we actually left very satisfied and full. Not everybody did, but we, we picked a corner and that guy came to us first. God, I fucking love pigs in a blanket. Bribes work, folks. Yeah, they do. God. <laughs> they say money doesn't they say money but doesn't buy happiness, but money does give you the ability to bribe someone into giving you pigs in a blanket, which equals happiness. A hundred thousand percent true. I think sliders were definitely part of the, the Those mix are there. yummy too. Yeah. Sliders, great, great party food for like a you know, walking around and getting from a tray. But not you know maybe not my ideal like super bowl food here like i won't turn down a slider especially like a pulled pork slider or yeah. something somebody has that but i maybe pulled pork might make an addendum on this list i'm not sure but we're really talking snacks and that's like a full ass sandwich right there yeah that no that makes sense yeah so one of the main things one of the first ones that was brought up in the slack when i brought up this topic buffalo chicken dip buffalo chicken dip i i don't know it depends on the dip because sometimes that's something you can eat too much of 
and feel pretty lousy yeah. if you just attack that. I can fuck you it's up. It's so heavy. It's delicious if it's done right, but it is very heavy. It, it's a it's a winner for sure, but it can fuck you up for sure. Yeah, I am not a big dip guy, so luckily I wow. Yeah, I don't do dip. You don't do dip. Condiments and dip can all fuck off. Gee, wait, <laughs> I forgot your anti condiment. I just don't man. do condiments. Yeah, Mustard, you don't do dip. ketchup. I don't need dip. I don't need no dip on my chip. Dip's dip's great. I love dip. You double dipped your chip. <laughs> so, so I guess you have no thoughts on the spinach and artichoke dip then. I don't, no. I, I love a good spinach and artichoke dip. And that's one that I feel like I like can't overdo like I can with a buffalo chicken dip. Like a buffalo chicken dip, I, I feel like I can overdo and pay for it later. Where a spinach and artichoke, I can have a good chunk of that and feel pretty dang, pretty damn good. Pretty dang good? Um... Seven layer dip. I don't even know what that is. Um, I've never had it. I don't know. Google a seven layer dip, but considering your views on dip, I don't think this is really going to go well for you, but I I like a taco dip too. A taco dip. That's a good time. Big fan of the taco dip with a little tortilla chip. So when it comes to salsa, queso and guac, then do you consider those dips? Because they're kind of Mexican dips. I don't really do those. No, you don't. You don't do queso? You don't do salsa? Not really. Wow. <laughs> I wow. Plain old chips. What is also a seven there's way too much going on with a seven layer dip. I, I, I do I do agree with you. I find the seven layer dip a little busy for my taste. That's not making my top five. What are those all? That's for sure. It can vary. People do different things, but yeah, it's a little too busy for me. I don't really fuck with olives too much. I'm, you know, one yeah. of those people that just don't really. It's not for me. But uh, I'm, I, I'm blown away by your life. La- like, what do you do in a Mexican restaurant? Do you eat a lot of Mexican food? I don't eat a lot of Mexican food because a lot of the time it just kind of goes right through me. When mm. I do get, yeah, when I do get Mexican food, like I'll, I'll have the chips at the center of the table, but I just won't dip it. But you just eat them plain. Yeah. No salsa? Yeah. Wow. Like, if I'm feeling adventurous, I'll go for some salsa. Adventurous? (laughs) If I'm feeling adventurous. (laughs) But I'm a plain Jane. I'm a plain Jane. I like going. Oh, my God. This fucking guy. Oh, this fucking guy over here. Oh, all right. Well, we know those. I think a queso might make my top five. We'll see. I love queso. Queso is is my shit. It's fantastic. All right. So what 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 else is there? So like people mentioned like a cheese plate, a pepperoni and cheese plate. That's good shit. That's good like finger foods. The nugget right there. tray. Someone mentioned a nugget tray, and that is nugget high on tray. My list. Nugget tray is a great one. Uh, Jason had mentioned that in the Slack, and with the nugget tray, I always think about the 2018 Eagles Super Bowl when my buddy Jim brought a nugget tray, and that shit was gone in maybe five minutes. Oh, like Jim, if you're listening, God bless you, Jim. One of the one of the greats over there, a Flyers fan stuck in Seattle. And he's, uh, you know, I, he I know he was looking at flights out here, but he couldn't quite make it work to come back for the Super Bowl. It's a shame. But uh, Jim, Jim's a real one over there. He wore the orange man suit to the game a few years ago. Love Jim. <laughs> and that nugget tray, we just inhaled that shit. That was gone in minutes. So, yeah, nugget tray. I think wings and nugget tray 
might make it into the top five here. Oh, yeah. For me, Wings and Nugget Trey are for sure in the top five. Now, in the Philly area, a big one. I don't know how this is for people outside Philly, but in Philly, almost every party in a home in the Philadelphia, South Jersey, Bucks County, Delco, there's almost always a pretzel tray with those little pretzel nuggets and the the mustard and the cheese and the other dips. So have you are you familiar with the pretzel tray? Is this something that you know of? So I've never been to a Super Bowl party or anything like that where there's a pretzel tray. But like I love pretzel bites and I would love like I I mean. Like that probably would also be in my top five. I would think. Okay. Even though I've never like had it and I've never experienced it at like a Super Bowl party or anything, I know I would love it if it was there. It is such a Philadelphia staple. Like this, Philadelphia and the surrounding region. I, if you go to a party and there's not one, it's actually a shocker. Yeah, it sounds. I mean, because I know how big pretzels are just in Philly, like overall, like soft pretzels, like, um, I mean, soft my God, in the, in the in the Flyers press box, they have soft pretzels as far as yeah. the eye can see. It is a huge deal here. And, you know, the best ones, as we all know, come from a sweaty guy on Roosevelt Boulevard who hands them to you in a suspicious brown paper bag. It's just the best way to get them. It's the only way I want a pretzel. That just gross brown paper bag has tons of flavor in it. Okay. And you buy a daily news and uh, a bottle of water and call it a day. If the bag isn't like borderline translucent, get the hell out of my face. It is just the grossest wrinkled brown paper bag and there's no reason that you should be accepting food from this man and for some reason we bought it and we ate it and it was great who freaking what a what a fucking nutty city this is i love it (laughs) same so the other contender i have to mention here is the the hoagie tray which is another big thing in philly where it's exactly what it sounds like uh except if you're not familiar it's like a hoagie's kind of cut up into like I want to say quarters, but I feel like it's even smaller than that. And it's basically just a bunch of like tiny little sandwiches and it's great. It's delightful. And it gives you like just enough, like, Oh, I can get a little bit of Turkey hoagie, a little bit of Mm -hmm. Italian, you know, just get a little bit here and there. And I I love a good hoagie tray. I don't know if it makes my top five per se, but I feel like it's, even if it's not one of my favorites, I feel like it needs to be there for a proper Eagle Super Bowl party. Yeah, those always kill whenever I have a party. Like, I always get a little hoagie tray. Sometimes if I'm feeling fancy, I'll get it at Wegmans. And, like, people go fucking nuts for the Wegmans hoagie tray. I'll be honest. Wegmans makes good shit. They really do. It's one of those things where it's like, that's a big chain. You know, how much credit do I want to give it? Wegmans? You know what? Wegmans does okay. Yeah. Yeah, I agree. They have killer chocolate chip cookies. They're they're bucket. Oh my god, those chocolate chip cookies. Dude, like they I don't know where they sell like the little like individual ones that are wrapped in the store, but like I need to find someone, if you're listening, tell me where the fuck to go in Walmart (laughs) or Walmart Wegmans, because I need those. They are so it's gotta be it's gotta be in the bakery area. But I tell you what, I get those that bucket of cookies and they are friggin' too good because you just inhale them. Yeah, they're dangerous. I don't have them often, but when I do, I make it count. Now, I don't know if I want to include this in the snack power rankings here, because I don't know. I, I feel like I want to stick to the savory snacks here, but right. 
I feel like that bucket of cookies is such a necessity for like a good party and nobody's going to hate you for bringing that to the, as your contribution to the party. Well, it's funny you say that. Cause I like, I was going to actually include in this power rankings brownies. Like, you gotta have some, you gotta have some brownies. Like, and I'm brownie. talking like could be normal brown. Like my favorite brownies are like just the Duncan Hines ones that you just make. They're like chew- super chewy. Get the chocolate chunk brownies the fuck out of here. They suck. <laughs> um, just give me some chewy, chewy brownies. Give me a and little fudge. If, if you're feeling no, get the fudge. I don't want any fudge. I want brownies. No, I, so I, like, I want. Give me, give me no fudge in the brownie. Oh, I can't no, do it. I, I'm not going to the Jersey Shore and getting some fucking fudge and bringing it to a party. What am I, a psycho? No. no. But like sometimes like make some Duncan Hines brownies. And then if you really want, you could take some like chocolate frosting and cover the top of them. You know what I mean? No, fudge some, is better. Some fudge is better than the frosting. Chocolate any frosted day. brownies. No, so, no, the fudge, the fudge is way better. If you get the, the brownies with the fudge in them, that is much better than the frosted brownie. I'm not a fudge guy. I think fudge no. can just evaporate forever. They can't because it's too thick. <laughs> I mean, you're right, but I, I love just, yeah. I love fudge. Oh, fudge! Like I'm, I'm all about the fudge, which I'm sure people can take out of context and whatever. Go, Ooh, go not fudge! Oh, fudge! That's, That'll be a good sound. That's bite. a that's a curb clip that yeah. I'm I'm going for there. That's a. <laughs> Jeff says that in one of the episodes where they're going around looking for Larry's been tasked with coming up with the perfect mini fridge and they're just going around. And at one point Jeff goes, Oh, fudge <laughs> that lives rent free in my head. It's pretty good. Pretty good. One. Oh, here's another good snack for uh, the Super Bowl. That's also a Kirby enthusiasm reference. Black and red licorice. Oh, Oh, <laughs> God. Mo- Mocha Joe comes over. Mocha they're Joe. Both, they're both just unloading in the bathroom. Fucking love that. Oh, that Mocha Joe spite store is it's so good. And uh, licorice, man. I I like some red licorice here and there. I'm joking. Right? I hate licorice. I think it's black licorice is is the worst shit in the world. It's really. Yeah. If there's one thing that like. <laughs> If you want to torture me, right? If you want to torture me, you force me to eat black licorice. That is just one of the most abysmal things I can think of. Most abysmal thing I can think of is cauliflower. I actually, I like cauliflower. I hate cauliflower. It's, it just tastes like dirt from the earth. It, you're eating really bad cauliflower then. Have yeah. you ever had General So's cauliflower? That's good shit. I've not had that. I, I think the one time I've had cauliflower as an adult... It was made. It tastes like nothing. It it was made probably poorly by the. Yeah, it probably was made. So. Poor. If it tastes like dirt, it, they probably didn't wash it. Yeah, I don't think that. Happens. No, it, it, you can do up cauliflower. Like again, General So's cauliflower is so good because you do it up with all the spices and sauce that you put on General So's chicken, but it's cauliflower, so it's a lot like yeah. lighter. Uh, no, like. It, cauliflower kind of tastes like nothing. It's just like whatever sauces you add to it. Yeah. Maybe. Yeah. So my girlfriend's like a magician as, of a cook. So like, maybe I'll get her. She's been telling me a lot about how she's been making cauliflower recently. Maybe I'll get her to, she, I haven't had her cauliflower yet. So like, hopefully if she, once she makes it and I have her cauliflower, yeah. then I'll like it. 
It's, it's like, you you got to go to Flavortown, bud. You need more donkey sauce. Flavortown, baby. Donkey sauce is number one on the snack power rankings, obviously. Oh, of course. And if yeah. if uh, Sydney Crosby were on the podcast with it with us, mayo number one for sure. <laughs> Trash can nachos. Absolutely. Yeah. <laughs> and I guess nachos have to be on this list too because, like, uh, I do love some nachos. I I think of nachos because <laughs> a couple years back, I think it was the Super Bowl, like either the year after the Eagles last went or maybe two years, <laughs> our friends Kate and Dave came over and Dave sits down and he goes, hey, you like nachos? Because I just ordered two order. <laughs> I just ordered two plates of them. I'm like, what? <laughs> They're coming right now. <laughs> Dave, Hell you yeah. just sat what down. A nice surprise. Yes. <laughs> All right. Let's get these rankings then. And we can call it an evening. So wings and pizza, right? Like they're in the top five no matter what. They're just givens. Oh yeah. Yeah. So all right, let me let me give you mine. So mine pizza and wings, it's I can't decipher. So I'm gonna have to say one A, one B. Yeah. Then I'm gonna go ahead and put I'm gonna put pigs in a blanket. Number three. Wow. Number four, I'm gonna put the nugget tray. Number five, I'm gonna put the hoagie tray. Number six, I'm gonna put the pretzel tray. Um, oh, you're going to rank them all. I was just going to do a top five, but that works. Oh, yeah, that's all I'm doing. Yeah, the dips can all fuck off to hell. I can't so. I can't believe you don't like dips or condiments. You're so weird. <laughs> weird as that. <laughs> oh, boy. Okay, so yeah, pizza, wings, like there are, they are the bread and butter of Super Bowl parties right there. Like they are a given. I would love to put the buffalo chicken dip in my top five, and I think it should be in my top five, but... My acid reflux is going to say no on putting it in the top five. So the buffalo chicken dip is uh, is going to slide on down. I will put the nuggets in my top five because uh, I yeah. f- fucking love chicken nuggets. I just, I, you know, they're there's great. just something about chicken nuggets. They're fucking great. They're great. They're the best. Uh, this is where it gets tough. Do I put the hoagie tray up there? I enjoy the hoagie tray. Is it one of my favorites? Not necessarily. I think I'm going to go with a, kind of like a a combination here. Of, like, nachos slash, like, the chips and Mexican dips. The salsa, the queso, the guac, all that. Like, I I love me a nacho. I love me some queso. It's kind of all one package for what we're going here. So we're going to just say, like, a Mexican chip and something, right? <laughs> That's yeah. what we're going for. Uh, so that definitely is a top fiver for me. And then this is this is where it's, like, really tough to... You know, I like a spinach and artichoke dip a lot. I like a pepperoni and cheese. I like a cheese plate. That's all really good. The pretzel tray is so perfectly Philadelphia that I I feel like it needs to be number five here. I think it needs, needs to make the top five of the power rankings here. And for the record, I know you're not a dip guy, obviously now, but as far as what I'm dipping those pretzels in, I go spicy brown mustard and the cheese. And then if I really am feeling adventurous, I'll go the chocolate sauce. But, you know, I usually just go with the spicy brown or the uh, the cheese. That's a solid list. I would it's say. a solid list. And then we've got kind of the uh, the big, like, asterisk right here. The big asterisk. I don't know why this is a, such a hard word for me to say, but maybe it's because it's 1130 at night and I need to go to sleep. Who's to say? But... 
the cookies in the the bucket of cookies is right up there too because there is a certain point where I'm going to dip into those cookies and I'm really going to enjoy it. I now I want cookies. I'm really so bad. sorry. It's 11:34 p.m. and <laughs> I actually have cookies right next to me. I'm just trying to resist <laughs> Trader Joe's run earlier. You're a strong man. I I'm not a strong. I'm a very weak man. <laughs> as weak as they come, but apparently good enough at Fortnite to to win. And it was barely Fortnite, but we'll talk about that some other time. But I, I won. I came in the top three. There you go. At the work Fortnite thing, which sounds ridiculous, but there it is. But yes. Okay. So Super Bowl wings and pizza are givens. Ryan doesn't fuck with dips, but he does fuck with hoagie trays and pretzel trays. But really have all of these things at your party. Okay. Have all these things. Cause these are all magnificent things. And if there's some crazy must have snack, please hit us up. On twitter.com.org.edu.ca.musk, where you can reach Ryan at Ryan Quiggs, you can reach me at Flight Purbly, or at Estee Bomb, but for hockey purposes, make it Flight Purbly. But reach out if you've got any crazy snacks that we've not talked about that you think are must-haves for the Super Bowl. We'll retweet them. We'll have some fun with it on the uh, the old social medias that's apparently still around somehow. But yeah, regardless, enjoy your Super Bowl parties. Enjoy your snacks. We love it. Quigs, anything you want to plug? Any parting words for the people before we depart? Go birds! Go birds! Hell yeah, go birds! Go birds! I am stoked, baby. Go birds! Flyers, get your shit together. Start selling now. And that's all we got, folks. We appreciate you all so much. Until next time, in the words of the great Gene Hart, good night and... Go birds! And I guess go birds. Wow, 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 wow. What was that? <laughs>